This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not meant for anyone younger than 13. Do not harass any of the names mentioned in this episode. It's the 8th wonder of the world versus the king of the monsters as they duke it out for the Monsterverse Championship title right here. In John versus Godzilla versus Kong. Welcome back to John vs. Film. Apologies ahead of time if you hear any background noise. It's raining pretty hard right now where I live. So there's not much I can do about it. I'll try to edit it out, I guess, the best I can. But we'll see how it goes. But anyway, this is the last MonsterVerse movie. So we're at the end of the, blah, end of the month. And that means we only have one other movie to talk about. It's pretty nice. There's only four movies. And this is Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, this was a very well-anticipated movie. And it's a movie that me and a lot of Godzilla fans alike never thought we would ever see a rematch between Godzilla vs. Kong. We thought the 1962 version was a one-and-done deal. But... Holy crap, we we definitely got a rematch. And there was just a lot of things in this movie that I thought I would never see as a Godzilla fan. Now, I'm just going to get this off, you know, right off the bat. I love everything, including the monsters. I love the action. I love how the monsters are depicted. I, I love how they handle the monsters. And I do. Here, here's what I like about the MonsterVerse better than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You get the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and a lot of the films tend to feel a bit samey. You know, there, there's a general sameness, similarity between all the films. But with the MonsterVerse, you get because you got different creative teams working on these movies. On each of these four movies, you get a different feel for each movie. I love that. I also love that the MonsterVerse has seemed to actually respond to criticism. Like, they actually take criticism from the last movie that came out in the universe and apply it to this movie. And I think they did what, even though I don't agree with some of the criticisms with the last movie, they were genuine criticisms with the monster battles. And I love to see when filmmakers and studios they actually acknowledge that criticism they don't dismiss it or anything they acknowledge it and they actually you know try to implement it so again off the bat love the monsters you know what you know what? Let, let's stay on the monsters because i'm a little afraid to talk about everything else so i 
do love that we have Kong as like kind of the heart of the movie. I like his character was really relatable and yeah, even though I am full on, full on team Godzilla. A part of me wanted to root for Kong. Uh, the cinematography around the battles as well was really uh, excellent. It's different than what it was in King of the Monsters, where that movie tried to felt more grandiose, more epic. This one, I really like the approach of making it feel like a universal ride. I really like that when we get these really neat shots of like when the fighter jet pilot, you know, we see it, you know, him as he flies away from the carrier as Kong lands on the aircraft carrier and that Evangelion fight. Yep, I that is definitely a reference to Evangelion, no question about it, that whole fight scene on top of the battleships. Which mm, love the fights. Love the fights. And I love how we got um I guess you know we got multiple fights, right? We got multiple different fights. Uh, between Godzilla and Kong. You know, we got the ocean battle and we got the Hong Kong at night battle. Well, it's... They consider them to be two rounds in the Hong Kong battle, but I guess they're one battle. Uh, I, I guess it's how you... Def but how you... Uh, how you define it. It's up to you. I... Okay, spoilers, obviously. I, I need to just record a disclaimer at the beginning of this, uh, the episodes, just so I can post it on the beginning and not have to worry about saying there's going to be spoilers in this podcast episode. Uh, let's just get rid of that. <laughs> but anyway, spoilers, Mechagodzilla, he's in the film. I really, 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 really wish I wasn't spoiled about it way before the movie came out with those toy leaks. Because, man, Mecha Godzilla is my favorite Godzilla movie. I mean, but not movie. Monster. Mecha Godzilla is my favorite Godzilla monster that's not Godzilla. And what I really like is that for the last couple movies before this one, we've seen Mechagodzilla depicted more as the good guy. With Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, Godzilla x Mechagodzilla, Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Mechagodzilla was the good guy. I've always wanted, I always like evil Mechagodzilla, though. I love the 70s Mechagodzilla. I love that they returned to evil Mechagodzilla. Even though he, maybe his weapons, you know, weren't stated as much. Like, I felt like there could have been more arsenal. I still love how he was implemented and how much of a threat he was. I absolutely love his battle between him and Godzilla. And especially that beam clash we got with Godzilla's atomic breath. And Mega Godzilla's ray. Or, I don't know the name of that. Shoot, I legitimately don't know what they called that for the movie. I, I love that. I love to see Kong and Godzilla. I never thought I would see Kong and Godzilla tag team. I legitimately thought I would never see that for the tag team against Mega Godzilla. That was an epic moment. 
Also, by the way, I'm really happy that Godzilla won the fight. Like he should. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Even though it's a highly debated topic with the original King Kong versus Godzilla of who won that fight, I, I say it's up to the viewer, of course. But a lot of people, including the filmmakers, they stated that Kong won the battle. And you know what? I'll say it. It makes sense, especially with how Mothra vs. Godzilla opens up. Yeah, Kong won the first battle. So it's really nice to see in this rematch that my boy Godzilla, he clobbers that ape. Oh boy, if you're a Kong fan right now listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I gotta gloat. I gotta gloat that the big G won. He pwned that monkey. <laughs> but seriously though, again, those action scenes are really great. Oh, and I love that Hong Kong battle, that shot with the heave, where it's like flying out the tunnel, and then we fly around Kong when he's on the building, and then we go... It's just like this one long take and we see Godzilla's atomic breath, you know, and we just go around it and through this building. Oh my goodness. That Hong Kong battle was so good. So good. I can't get over the monster action. And I'm also love that even though people have an issue of Godzilla beam spanning, but beam spamming. I don't mind it, probably because I grew up in the 90s watching the Heisei movies. They were part of my childhood, so I'm used to that. But I do like how there's this progress, how the movies have just more and more embraced that Godzilla has an atomic breath and he's going to use the living crap out of it. And even though it is ridiculous and doesn't make any sense, I do love how Godzilla literally fired an atomic breath straight through to the center of the earth. My goodness. And I'm going to give a nod, a little bit of a nod to the music, even though I'm not particularly a fan of, hang on, what is the artist's name? Let me look it up. I, I just don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, ch -ch 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 Godzilla versus Kong Sa composer. That's what we should be looking for, not soundtrack. Composer, Junkie XL. There we go. Yeah, even though I'm not really a big fan of Junkie XL's work, and I do think that the soundtrack might be the weakest out of the foreign films. I do respect when I, at least when I was like listening it isolated from a movie, I can pick up the influence of Ifukabe when it comes to Godzilla's theme. I wish that they used Ifukabe's theme for Godzilla. I, I'm pretty sure the budget cut was to make it so they wouldn't have to spend the royalties to Toho and the Ifuka Bay Royal Estate to play the music again, which is a shame. I think they should have, 
but I guess I can understand in a business respect that the move that King of the Monsters only met its budget and didn't really make a profit. I can accept that they wanted to cut back. So even though it's a shame that they couldn't use the real Godzilla theme, I do appreciate that Junkie XL tried his best to sort of capture the essence. And I also love that Godzilla theme and Kong theme, they sound distinctly distinctively different. I do appreciate that attention to detail. And I love the story that it tells. And I also love how Kong Kong's music kind of reminiscent the Kong's movies, you know, just being these awe inspiring like adventure films, like exploring Skull Island, that there's something fantastical to Kong. I love that. So, while I love, 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 love what they did with the monsters, like I've said many a times, I need to stretch that out. They did everything, almost everything right with the monsters. I will get to the one thing that I felt that they could have done a bit better, and maybe I'll talk about a nitpick I have, but... I want to stress that Adam Wingard, if you're somehow listening to this, you did a great job with the monster action. But the human element, uh, I'm I'm sorry, that was the writing. I can't get over how bad the writing was in this movie. Like. For a movie that meets my expectations, I still kind of felt disappointed somehow. Here's my problem. And this is a me problem. I will stress that out. I have to come to the terms that this movie does exceed on what it wants to be. Full-hearted. I just got to have to accept that this is not the movie I want it to be, and that's fine. But yeah, I couldn't help but feel a bit disappointed on the human element. While they took the criticism really well with the with all the monsters and how they implemented it for this movie, I felt that they did a horrible job when it comes to criticism of the humans. I felt like that they took the whole we don't care about the humans instead of saying, okay, let's try to get more engaging human characters. You know, and make a more engaging, better well-written, you know, human plot. They just screwed the pooch. They really screwed the pooch. Okay, to be fair, to be fair. I have no real issues with Kong's, like Team Kong human characters. I do enjoy that part of the story. I think that's fine. It's when it comes to... I guess what's supposed to be Team Godzilla. More like Team Mecha Godzilla because all they do is go to Apex and try to discover Mecha Godzilla. And I felt like Madison's team should have been completely dropped from the movie. They ultimately 
where the most unnecessary part of the movie and they take away elements that I would have loved to know more about. Like, it's it just feels more apparent that... Okay, for starters, I do appreciate that this movie is less than two hours. I'm so glad that they didn't push past two hours just to... They didn't add needless fluff. But there are elements where I would be like, I still feel like you might cut, you might have cut a bit too much. Like, I know Adam Wingard, he said on social media that there is like pretty much an extra hour of content that was cut, but it was only human action. And I'm going to be honest, I kind of wanted to see that because here's the thing. There's a blink and you miss it, or I guess a split second. They only mentioned his name once. The pilot for Mechagodzilla is supposed to be Dr. Sarazawa's son. They, his name is Ray Sarazawa. They only say his name once, but other than that, there is no connection to him and Dr. Sarazawa. Maybe that's for best. I've heard what it was supposed to be in the novel. Isation goes more into it. That there's supposed to be like a resentment thing. How Ray resented Godzilla for taking up his father's attention more. Which I don't... I'm not sure how I would have ran it. Like, I could go on to say how I would have done it differently. You know what? Shoot. Let's do it. This is John versus film. Uh, So, even though I don't think there's inherently anything wrong with Mass and Russell or uh, Bernie's characters, I just felt like they didn't need to be in the movie. But I would cut them out, and I would also... The one character that definitely was pretty useless in the movie was Madison's friend. I think his name was Ned. Yeah. uh, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to call him Ned. Sorry if I'm wrong. I'm doing this off of memory. I don't really take notes just because I want to really engage with the movie fully and not just be constantly stopping and taking notes or whatnot. Maybe I should take notes, but I'm not going to start now. But yeah, like that team could have been cut. And I would have replaced it with having it star Ray Sarazawa. And I would have more Mark Russell. And by the way, I just want to say they screwed up Mark Russell's character so much in this movie. He kind of acts more like an idiot just because he's like, I don't know what's going on with Godzilla. Sometimes it creatures just change. It, it just, it sounds so opposite to Mark Russell. We saw in the last movie where he was like, put your guns down. Even though I want Godzilla dead, unless you can kill him, don't start a fight. <laughs> you know, he was someone that knew of how the creatures act and here he's like, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's just so they can get Madison to search Apex and whatnot. And yeah, here's how I would do it. 
Ray would have been the center of Team Mechagodzilla slash Team Godzilla. And there's like and replacement with like his two co-stars would be Mark Russell and uh Apex CEO. Shoot, I forgot his name. Uh I think it was Simmons or something like that. Shoot, you know what? I'm gonna just look up Godzilla vs. Kong IMDB. Let me do that. I should start pulling these up before I start recording. That way I don't have to do it while I'm recording. But hey, maybe it makes for a more entertaining episode. Who knows? Uh, Ren Sarazawa. Sorry, they kind of pronounced it as Ray. My bad. Josh. Okay, so Mazin's friend. Her name was Josh. His name was Josh. Wow. Wow. Okay. Madison's friend. His name was Josh. Okay. We got that. Uh, where is it? Walter Simmons. Okay, so I was right on the last name. So yeah, I would have like Ren Sarazawa be the center of this, you know, of this B plot, I guess. And I would have him not resenting Godzilla or wanting revenge I would want him to be on the path of revenge see I would have written him as a character who just did not agree with his father while his father Dr. Sarazawa believed that the Titans should are the rulers of the earth and whatnot Ren just fundamentally while growing up believe you know he believed differently he believed that humanity should be you know control even though that's a wrong belief i think that would be his learning you know tool is that i that's where the drift was between the two was that ren was just fundamentally disagreed with dr sarazawa Ren saw the destruction the Titans cause, and he thinks that they need to be kept kept under control. And which would be kind of an opposite villain to what we had in the last movie with Emma Russell. Um, He would also have... I would have Ren have a conflicting relationship with Godzilla. He doesn't necessarily... I would have had it so he doesn't necessarily want to kill Godzilla. And he's more... There's a confusion. There's, like I said, an internal conflict with him. Because on the one hand, this creature's life is responsible for his father, you know, sacrificing himself. Like, he questions why on Earth his father sacrificed himself for Godzilla but on the other hand Godzilla is the last thing the his father left that Godzilla's life is his father's legacy in some respect so it's there's like a weird connection that's like yeah where he doesn't know how to feel about Godzilla and I would rate Simmons a little bit differently I would actually alter one of the characters in Kong's uh, side, uh, Simmons' daughter, 
I would not have her be his daughter. I would have her have Simmons' daughter actually have died in one of the previous MonsterVerse movies. And Simmons wanting to kill Godzilla. You know, he's the one that is, was on, like, he's on the path that Mark was in the last movie, but he's full on in, I want this creature dead. I would have loved that more, I guess, personal touch, like, personal motivation than just, ah, uh, humans should just be rulers, you know. I, I guess I wanted more than just a generic film. I would just want him, you know, to have a bit more of, like, I want these creatures dead because they killed my daughter. And you have Ren who, you know, again, he, Simmons is leading down, Ren down the path of, remember, this is the reason why your father died. He's trying to persuade Ren from, you know, killing the monsters and pursuing Mechagodzilla. But again, Ren only wants to control the Titans. He doesn't necessarily want to kill. But he's being led down the path by Simmons to kill. And on the other side, I would have Mark Russell be more integral to the plot by because he has he used to want revenge on Godzilla, but has come to peace with Godzilla. So he would be the light to run Sarah's out. He'd be the conscious saying, no, this is not the way. You have to realize the path you're going is the wrong path. So, yeah, I would that's how I would have done it. And I felt like that would feel more in line to, say, a Godzilla movie. You know, just that scientific, ethical debate going on. And also I would have it, you know, spoilers to the ending. You know, we all know that Ghidorah, Skeleton, DNA took over Mechagodzilla. Uh, and also, just real quick, I love how this version of Mechagodzilla seems to be like a combination of the Mechagodzillas before. I really love that, with taking aspects from each. Anyway, sorry for the tangent, but instead of, like, in the movie, I felt it was kind of stupid how Mechagodzilla was still connected to the satellite and all it took was pouring down some booze into the control panel to you know malfunction his weapons. I thought that was stupid. What I would have liked to do is have Ren not die during the power transfer that happened and have him live through that, but actually goes in and risks his life realizing that this was his fault and he created a monster worse than any of the times beforehand and he would go into the pilot seat that was you know after everything and during the scene where Mike Godzilla's about to you know drill into Kong with Ren taking on the helmet and trying to fight for control pretty much being a self-sacrificing move I I feel like that would have made for a more engaging human plot line you know, I, I could go more into detail but that's, I guess, just a general sum up of what I would have done differently. And that does lead me to, I guess, one of my problems with this movie. And again, it's this probably just a me problem. It, I just have to come to terms that this movie was not aiming 
to be the movie that I wanted it to be, which again is completely fine. As I wish it was more of an even split between it feeling like a Godzilla movie and a Kong movie. Now, to in all fairness, we did have two solo Godzilla movies, and Kong only had the one solo movie in this monsterverse. So I can understand why they wanted to make this a more Kong-centric story. I just wish that... The problem is it feels too much like a Kong movie. And all, and all due respect, I, I just wish that there was, like I said, I'm fine with the Kong elements. I just wish there was more Godzilla elements, not just with Godzilla's character, you know. And that's what I was, you know, afraid of when I saw the trailers. I thought it's gonna be more of a Kong movie, guest starring Godzilla, and to some extent, I felt that I was right, and especially since. Again, the mystery of why Godzilla was attacking, started attacking cities, just relied so heavily on discovering Apex and what they're doing with Mega Godzilla. I felt that they missed the opportunity to really make that more of a Godzilla story. Because again, it was just kind of more of like unraveling the plot. And I, I didn't really care for it that much. So yeah, as a Godzilla fan, I can't help but feel it, it needed more Godzilla. It, I would have loved to see, I don't know, you know, Godzilla attacking more Apex facilities. Or, you know, again, I just wanted more elements of Godzilla stories into this movie. Because I feel like it's Kong dominates the story a bit too much. But again, this is a me problem. I'm well aware of that. Uh, nitpick I have is I I wish I wish we could have seen a bit more of tag team battle between with Godzilla and Kong versus Mechagodzilla. I wish we gotten a bit more of that because what we got was fantastic. It just feels that it still feels that. I don't know, there was more 1v1 battle between Mechagodzilla and the two other monsters, Godzilla and Kong. Like, there was a lot of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and there's quite a bit of Godzilla, I'm sorry, Mechagodzilla versus Kong, but not enough Godzilla and Kong versus Mechagodzilla. Again, that is a nitpick. And Again, going back to the, I wish God, because seeing Godzilla attack more Apex facilities, yeah, I would have loved to see more, I guess, more city destruction on the big G's end, because I did like how it turned the tables of that, just a reminder that Godzilla is here to restore balance, and if us humans overstep our boundaries, that's, Godzilla's going to be there to restore balance. If we're the problem, Godzilla is going to answer. And I felt like, again, you know, going back to how I would have written the side B storyline, that would have played such a part to that. Because that is humanity, you know, overstepping its boundaries. It is humanity trying to tip this balance. It is humanity trying to take over the throne. But again, the movie decides to focus on Madison 
adventures with Bernie and her friend Josh. It's it's just I don't know. I, I like I said, I would have done it differently. So yeah, it's this movie. I ultimately do love it. I love pretty much all the Godzilla movies. And when it comes to the rest of the MonsterVerse movies, it's going to be... It's not... Alright, you know what? Let's just do a quick tier list. You know, to end up this part of the episode. So... My favorite is King of the Monsters. So that's my favorite. Then below that is Kong Skull Island. And that is actually a close second. Uh, because even if I wasn't so biased towards Godzilla, Kong Skull Island might might have been my favorite. But I still prefer King of the Monsters over Kong Skull Island. So it's KOTM, then Kong. And right below Kong, I would put Godzilla versus Kong right there. It's my third favorite out of the four films. And... The reason why Godzilla 14 is what's considered to be my least favorite, it's not really on... It's not saying that that movie's bad. It's more saying that the movies have just gotten better since then. And yes, I think Godzilla vs. Kong is better than Godzilla vs. But Godzilla 14. I almost said Godzilla vs. 14. That, that would be weird. But Godzilla 2014... It's just more of a hindsight. It, it hasn't hold up as well as the other MonsterVerse movies. But even though technically Godzilla, Godzilla 2014 is my least favorite, I'm going to have to say Godzilla vs. Kong is my most disappointing just because of the human element. They def, If it wasn't for the writing of this movie, it probably it might have been better it would have been it might have been blah blah if it wasn't for the writing forget the last part of me tripping over my own words if it wasn't for the last part like of the writing just being so bad it would have i would have favored it more than kong skull island and who knows depending on how the writing would have been i might have even favored it over king of the monsters it could have been my most favorite MonsterVerse movie. But unfortunately, the writing just takes such a backseat. And yeah, I can't help but feel a bit disappointed by that. But the good news is that what holds this movie up is the monster parts. It is the monster action. It is the Titans themselves. They hold this movie up and that's why I still love this movie. If it wasn't for that, if they did not handle the monsters right at all and they didn't give us these incredible action scenes, it would be my least favorite out of the MonsterVerse movies, without a doubt. So I will acknowledge this could have been a whole lot worse, and I am glad of what of how it turned out. It's just I can't get over that disappointment I have with the human story.
Uh, but let me end on a positive note. I just want to say Gia's character is absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10. And yeah, but that's what I have to say. Let's go into John versus Critics. Alrighty, so I found about four reviews for Godzilla vs. Kong. Three user reviews and one critic review. Now, I'm going to be honest, I actually had trouble finding some negative reviews to use for John vs. Critics. It's not that I couldn't find any negative Godzilla vs. Kong reviews. I found plenty. But no, it's more rather I couldn't... I had trouble finding ones that were entertaining enough for me to use. Like, I'm going to be honest, guys. A lot of these negative reviews were pretty boring, pretty samey. A little disappointed. I mean, you get the bad CGI. You hear that so much. It, it gets boring. I, I, I'm just saying, guys. Ryan, a negative review. Step up your game. May, put some spice into it. Don't just copy what everybody else is saying. Uh, there was one critic review I thought about talking about, but it was a pretty loaded, pretty uh, pretty politically charged uh, review, and I thought that was just as much fun as it would be to tear into it. It was way too loaded for a podcast like this, so... Let's see what we have today. And by the way, I did record a disclaimer. I'm not sure if I will use that for this episode, but it'll definitely be on the next episode. Uh, so that'll allow me to say the F word without having people yell at me. Uh, but like anyone's going to want to listen to this episode. <laughs> anyway, so... Let's start off with our one letterbox review. This was reviewed by Fine54 Hello There. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce that user. This uh, they gave it a half star review. And they say, who even cares about this movie? Well I do. I do as me, John. Anyway. Or an extension, this universe. Again, I very much do. I very much care for this universe and this movie. But go on. For the last decade. He spelled four with the number four. Not so. For the last decade, I. Or doesn't equal a decade. That's a decade's ten years. But anyway, Warner Brothers has been trying to emulate the success of the MCU with an increasingly abysmal catalog of low bro, low effort, low brow, low effort movies that use special effects and big monsters fights for death. Well, here's the thing. Nobody, the MCU is definitely a lightning in the bottle. But let's let's be real; it's not the first cinematic universe. 
both Universal Monsters and Toho Godzilla beat the MCU to the punch years before. And I don't necessarily want... Like, I don't disagree that they're trying to compete with the MCU to an extent, Warner Brothers, but they're more so trying to do that with the DCEU. Uh, I think the part of it is that the MC, like the cinematic universe, it's the current trend. Everybody's trying to do it because, again, MCU was popular and made a crap ton of money and is still making a crap ton of money. But I feel where the MonsterVerse is different is, again, I, I feel I feel there's a more of a consistent quality, I guess, or more rather. I'm biased, alright, I'm biased, and I like Godzilla movies a lot more than the Marvel movies. I, I have no problems with the MCU movies, not at all. In fact, I love some of the MCU movies. I like most of them. There's only like a few that I'm like, eh, kind of and about. But most of them I like, some of them I really love. And I'm a fan of Marvel, so, but I'm a bigger Godzilla fan, so I have more of a bias. So, what what do I know? What do I know? But, low effort, my dude. These monsters are anything but low effort. I, I cannot say they are low effort by any means. There was a, plenty of work done into making the Titans as epic and awesome as they were. The fights in this film are abysmal with pixels battling it out in the I saw battles. The and I saw battles. EYE saw battle. What is that? What was I saw battles? You're going to have to elaborate about that fine 54 hello there. Anyway, so I saw battles that just leave me bored and disinterested. I, you know, I don't really get the whole CGI. Here's my problem with the whole bad CGI. Like, the whole, oh, it's CGI complaint. CGI is just a special effects that's being used for years now. We should have been over this whole... Oh, it's CGI. Like, look, in all due respect, as much as I would love to see these movies being made with suit actors, Hollywood's not going to do that. And I don't think they should, because even though as much as I do love suit actors and traditional tokusatsu, you can get a lot more scale with CGI. Like, CGI allows you to have these giant monster movies. I mean, like I said, practical effects all the way, but I will understand practical effects have their limitations and CGI allows the limitations to be, doesn't have the same limitations. Let's just say that. And again, CGI has been getting increasingly better for years. We should be way past this argument. 
The human characters are paper-thin and unintentionally hilarious in the case of the death girl. How? I don't think she was unintentionally hilarious. I like she had some genu like genuinely funny scenes. But don't don't be making fun of Gia. What what's the matter with you? Come on, man. And the end fight with the introduction of Mecha Godzilla. You you spelled Mecha wrong. But I'll let it slide. And so, and the end fight, blah. And the end fight with the introduction of Mechagodzilla was just an homage to previous films in the Godzilla universe that was awfully out of place and terribly paced. Bro, the last movie was nothing but a love letter to Godzilla. It literally had a three-headed dragon, a giant moth and a and a giant pterodactyl that came out of a of a volcano I think Megagodzilla can actually fit pretty well in this universe just saying I think we've seen a bit weirder than stuff like Megagodzilla like we're not here for the realism we're here for the big monsters and again, it's a kind of a weird complaint. You know, I don't agree. Mechagodzilla is very much in place in this weird monster universe. I'm all, I'm down for it. And I don't think the movie's terribly paced. I mean, there might be a bit of a pacing issue, but like when it comes to the gods, like the. Madison scenes, but overall, I think the movie was paced pretty well. Don't watch this movie. It's a boring CGI fest which shouldn't constitute as a piece of cinematic art like film should. Okay, so I don't get why why do people feel like movies have to be always trying to strive to be cinematic masterpieces or cinematic fine art? Some sometimes we just want to make a movie or watch a movie where Big Ape fights Big Lizard. There doesn't have to be any more special about that. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love a bit more death, but at the same time, we like our popcorn flicks as much as we do like our cinematic masterpieces. There's room for every type of film. Almost every type of film. I'm not going to get into the type of films that should not be part of there, but... Anyway, at least the Japanese film from the 60s was unintentionally hilarious. This movie is just plain dull. No, 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 no. Okay, see, this is why I picked this review. This is a misconception. The 60s King Kong vs. Godzilla was not unintentionally hilarious it was pretty intentionally hilarious the movie was a satire on the whole you know advertisement and tv like landscape that was going on in the 60s when the rise of tv and advertisements on tv and so on 
it was a satire of that. They were, it was very much of a self-aware movie. Of course, the Japanese version. The U.S. version, they tried to make it more serious, but they still leave some of the elements in. And sorry about that, I accidentally hit my mic. But, yeah, I don't think this person knows what unintentionally means, or is very confused that the cre- like the directors and creators of these movies, they're actually pretty more intentional about their humor than they think they are. Alright, so that's our letterbox review. Now let's go to our two IMDB reviews. This is a 1 out of 10 star. Titles Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, the user is PHFPHF. Puff, puff. or I don't know how you pronounce that, so I'm going to go with Nah, puff, puff. That, that sounds better. The title is So Unrealistic Movie. Warning, spoilers. Careful. In the movie, Godzilla was too much intelligent and Kong was too much dumb. <laughs> so, okay, well, I'm questioning the intelligence of this statement. This sentence, too much intelligent, that doesn't make sense. And too much dumb. The word much does not need to be there. You can get rid of the much. And it would be Godzilla was too intelligent. And Kong was too dumb. And that would work a lot better than too much intelligent. Like, okay. You can't have... It's... (laughs) what, What... Intelligence and dumbness... Or... Being dumb... There's not an amount. Like, I can't just be like, "Oh my goodness, I I have too much smarts." I, I wish I didn't have as much smarts. I'm trying to get rid of some of my smarts. My some of my intelligence. I just need to get rid of. I'm trying to sell it on eBay. It, it doesn't work like that. And you know, what? let's continue. And they show Godzilla too much power. Full, but Kong was too weak. I'm pretty sure they meant weak, but maybe he, he, Kong was too too much wake or woke. Kong was too woke in this movie. Should he was too politically correct? He uh, should have stuck with his guns. You know, didn't should never apologize online. Yep. But also, Godzilla, as we well establish, he's a giant irradiated dinosaur that can shoot atomic breath out of his mouth. I think he has every right to be as OP as he is. That's an OP concept. Uh, no, also with the Kong was weak. He was not weak. Did you not watch the final battle where he ripped Mechagodzilla's head off? Or the times that he killed a lot of, you know, monsters? Or I mean, he went head-to-head with Godzilla. Sure, he lost, but he did some damage to Godzilla. He, he definitely was not weak. 
According to me, Kong should win the fight. Ah, see, this is the problem. He, This person was Team Kong. He was on the losing team. This is a sore loser review right there. This, that, this now makes sense. But they just make Godzilla 1 without any clarification. The clarification is Godzilla is a giant irradiated dinosaur that can shoot atomic laser. Atomic breath out of his mouth, like an atomic beam of sheer energy. Kong is a giant ape. I think the clarification is Godzilla in nature is OP. So this review is salt, very salty. I, I don't even, I, I don't even want this much salt on my fries. How Godzilla can be so intelligent and how Godzilla can survive the hit of the hammer if the hammer is so powerful that it can kill a robot, which Godzilla can kill Godzilla. No, which robot can kill Godzilla. So that's a bit of a run-on. Okay, so let's break it down. How Godzilla can be so intelligent. Well, Godzilla's not an idiot. Unlike how the original King Kong vs. Godzilla English dub tried to make Godzilla out to be, which I never really appreciated in the 1962, or I'm sorry, the 1963 version of King Kong vs. Godzilla, because the dub in America came out in 63. I never appreciated how they made Godzilla, like they treated Godzilla like he was an idiot. Like, that was very disrespectful. Godzilla is not an idiot. Godzilla is very intelligent. Like, sure, he's brutish, but he's not dumb. Like, alright, alright. So, how Godzilla can survive the hit of the hammer? So, well, first of all, not a hammer. It's an axe. And second, the axe is made by his own uh, dorsal plate. And we saw that it was kind of like an energy, like a, like a beam clash, essentially, what happened with Godzilla's atomic breath. Like, Godzilla has tough skin. And he was shown in the last movie to survive falling through space. Like, falling from space to the Earth. Godzilla can survive... An axe that was made by one of his ancestors' dorsal plates. And the axe was only powerful when Godzilla shoo, you know, fired his atomic breath to power the thing up. And Mechagodzilla, well, you know, is really freaking impressive. He, he is a man-made machine, and... You know, and the... Creators were not like the inventors of Mechagodzilla in the movie. We're probably not expecting Big Monkey to have giant axe to cut down Mechagodzilla. And the director has stated if it wasn't for Kong interfering with Godzilla, or like, see, here's the thing Kong did damage to Godzilla. Godzilla was not at his peak performance when he was fighting Mechagodzilla. He was tired and injured from Kong's fight because Kong actually did damage. If Godzilla never had to fight Kong in this movie, the director has stated 
Godzilla would have beaten Mecha Godzilla. All right, so that's our from our good buddy Poof Poof. So let's go on to our second IMDb review. This one is called Next Up Godzilla vs. Kong The Musical. Again, spoilers. This is from Mick Mickey Mick. Mick Mickey Mick. Alright. So the review starts with three little words. Just plain sucked. Okay, explain. Oh, well, actually, if you three little words, so those are already three words. Just saying, you are into six words. You, you probably could have cut down three little words and the rest of the review and just said just plain sucked. Could have gotten your point across just fine. But no, Mick, Mickey Mick continues. It seemed impossible to make a movie about two of the most famous creatures in movie history throwing down. Boring, but by God, they did it. I don't get how it's boring. Can someone explain to me how they find Godzilla vs. Kong boring? Like, I, I don't mean the human side. I mean the monster action. Like, I've got to say, the monster action is top-notch. I don't understand how people can find it boring, but anyway, sitting through this long quote-unquote movie was about as much fun as getting a root canal. <laughs> okay, so it, the movie's not that long. In fact, it's the shortest one in the MonsterVerse. Running in around hour and 53 minutes this is the shortest movie i've actually seen in like like one like it's the shortest move new movie like new hollywood movie that i saw come out in theaters in a long time because a lot of movies they try to fluff it out to two hours this one i like how it's under two hours godzilla movies don't need to be more than two hours most of the time so I, I will also this isn't a quote unquote movie. It it's it's just a movie. Don't don't need the quotation marks. You know what? Maybe maybe that was an accident. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. The only good part of the whole thing was the closing credits because the pain finally stopped. Oh maybe the problem was when you were watching this you were getting a root canal, so maybe that's how you thought this movie was painful because you were just watching it while you were getting a root canal. It might be best not to watch this movie while getting a root canal. Just for forward. Just going forward. Don't get root canals while watching movies. Bad idea. If you like movies with action, comedy, and fun, you better take a hard pass on Godzilla vs. Kong. But this movie has action. It is fun, and it has a little bit of comedy. So, I can't really take a hard pass on this. I'm going to go full on into Godzilla vs. Kong. Anyway, thank you, Mickey Mick, for that review. And now, on to our last review. This is from the National Post. 
Uh, the title is Godzilla vs. Kong vs. The Audience. Odds are, one of the monsters will triumph in this soulless sequel. Oof. This is this review is written by Chris Knight, and again, it is on the National Post. If you look at the poster for Godzilla vs. Kong, you'll notice it doesn't list any human stars. That's because there aren't any, or at least none worth mentioning. I'm not big on actors' names, so like generally I don't know actors' names that well. So I can't really dispute that. Because, I mean, someone who does know actors' name pretty well, actors, their names pretty well, or just is better with names, they can probably defend, go on to defend this. But I'm like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah, remember so and so? I'm horrible with names. So again, I can't really defend it. <laughs> If you're a giant ape or radioactive sea monster and can manage to squeeze yourself into a cinema this week, remember to wear a mask the size of a parachute and stay at least 20 meters away from the next freak of nature. Okay, you know what? That was a good joke. I like genuinely, I like that. Remember to wear a mask the size of a parachute and stay at least 20 meters away. This guy's smart. I'm, I'm down for this. In fact, even if you're not a giant radioactive sea monster or a giant ape, uh, maybe not wear a mask the size of a parachute, but you know what? Let's change to six feet distance to 20 meters. I think that would be way better. Then GVK should thrill your primitive soul. Homo sapiens may want to take pass. Huh. I guess I'm not a homo sapien. I'm fine with that, actually. I'd rather much be a radioactive sea monster than a homo sapien. Four years in the making, this monster mashup brings together the computer-generated stars of 2017's Kong Skull Island and 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters. Those two movies could not be more different. Set in 1973's Skull Island was a Guys on a mission tale with cast with Samuel L. Jackson, Lee Larson, blah blah blah. Throwing in for good and John C. Riley throwing in for good measure and comic relief. King of the Monsters, in contrast, was a lot of giant fight scenes interspersed with tech heavy dialogue. Included Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown, so on and so forth. This new chapter, wake up, sorry. Yep, and he's just going on through the different names. Uh, some of whom perish and none of whom you'll be permitted to care about. Uh, so anyway, as an example, and the tiniest of spoilers. Uh, still talking about the last movie, so... Oh, not, not this movie, sorry. As a, So, from the statement of... So, last paragraph when talking about... Last sentence of the paragraph of King of the Monsters. And, you know, I was talking about actors' names. Then he says, Some of whom perish and none, 
none of whom you'll be permitted to care about. As an example, and the tiniest of spoilers, which is fine, my dude. This is a very spoiler-heavy podcast, as is. Isa Gonzalez shows up as Maya Simmons, evil daughter of even eviler. Um, I'm going to have to deduct you points on the word eviler. That's not not a real word. I'm pretty sure it isn't. My 11th grade English teacher would probably say that's not a true word. Get that out of here. It's more evil. But even though I do find eviler to be more entertaining. So, continuing on, even eviler, apex cybernetic chief Walter Simmons, she introduces some nifty helicopter-type vehicles, which are, like everything else in this movie, inexplicably covered in neon stripes. She makes a few withering references to Kong, calling him the monkey, and then she... And then, she dies. Oh well. Onward! That is a... Okay. I Here's the thing. Gotta admit, that's a very fair criticism. I did not care for Maya Simmons at all. In fact, listen to my previous review. She could have been replaced with kind of any other evil goon. Like, she did not need to be Walter Simmons' daughter. So, there's not much to dispute with that. But, there maybe, you know what? I, I'm, at a, I'm at a loss with this review. So far, this review is making sense. This is not good. This is a 1 out of 5 star review. We gotta find something I can make fun of. Other than myself. Hopefully we will. The story this time is that Godzilla is attacking Apex. Maybe this giant predator doesn't like its name? Oh, we find out. it's They're making Mecha Godzilla, bruh. Godzilla doesn't like imposters. He, he's very much... He actually prefers praying as the crewmate in Among Us. Yep, see, I can make some references that will totally be outdated in the very near future. See? What's up, you cool kids? Uh, that's a fellow kids. I play Among Us. I'm so sus. <laughs> anyway. And the only one that can fight him off is Kong. So geologist Nathan Lin and anthropologist Elon Andrews. You know, I'm sorry. Eileen. Eileen Andrews. Team up to recruit the giant primate. Well, they didn't really recruit, more so forcibly removed him off the island. I mean, granted, for his own good since the island was becoming uninhabitable, but still, it was not so much a recruit. They, they didn't go up to him like Nick Fury style and be like, like, you're not the only one. Out. You're not the only giant monster out there. There's a whole world of other creatures. We need you for the Toho Initiative. That didn't happen. Tagging along and providing whatever passed for human compassion in the movie is 
Kylie Hoddle as a little girl who has befriended, befriended the ape. Well, here's the thing. I would rather have it be the little girl Gia befriending Kong than going with the old and Daryl type of approach or Kong has a love interest. I, I rather have the Gamera approach of being friend to children instead of, you know, romantic adult woman interest that can be creepy depending on the movie. Looking at the 76 King Kong movie, that was creepy. Meanwhile, conspiracy theorist Bernie Hayes has teamed up with pals Madison and Josh to figure out what Apex is up to. Part of it has to do with a mysterious energy source only to be found in the Hollow Earth. Uh, Hori uh, H-O-A-R-Y You know what, let me let me look at the definition of that real quick. Hori. Grayish uh, Oh. Holden trait. So the definition of Hori is grayish is either one grayish white, which I don't think the Hollow Earth was grayish white, so let's try the number two definition, old and trite. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, so old and trite. Maybe it is. A hoary sci-fi concept that suggests there is another globe nestled inside our own. Sort of like a journey to the center of the Earth. hey Okay, so anyway, I should have said, finished it off. My apologies. There's another globe nestled inside our own, like a Russian doll. I would love if our planet was like a Russian doll. That would be freaking amazing. I would love to meet a planet like that. And what allows light to get into the sphere? Plot holes, baby. Or, or, yeah, no, no, this, this script is written by plot holes. Man, I can't. I'm supposed to defend Godzilla versus Kong, yet I'm agreeing with a lot of these sayings. <laughs> but at the same time, okay, even though, yeah, when you try to think about it, it falls apart. This movie is not meant for that, though. This movie is like, we're not, we don't really care how light is going through. We just, we want to see the action. You know, and if they went more into it, it would be probably an hour long, hour more hour longer than needs to be. And besides, you know what? You know what? I can defend this. I I found a route where I can defend Godzilla vs Kong from this criticism. Art should not have to explain everything to us. Let us use our imagination. I think this movie allows us, or at least the hollow earth of how they show it. I'm completely fine that they don't explain everything to us. I don't like the no concept that everything must be explained. No, allow for us to have imagination. The audience is allowed to have imagination and is allowed to figure out their own answers. You know what? Yes, Godzilla vs. Kong allows that. 
allow for imagination. So screw that comment. <laughs> screw that criticism. But let's continue on. Honestly, Godzilla vs. Kong provides so little sentiment or emotion that the best way to find any warmth in the screenplay would be to set it... would be to set it to... Oh, can't, sorry, let me start over. Honestly, Godzilla vs. Kong provides so little sentiment or emotion that the best way to find any warmth in the screenplay would be to set fire to it. Well, no. No, I'm pretty sure Godzilla's atomic breath, that's that's probably warm. A lot more warmer than setting fire to, his, to the screenplay. Might be a bit too hot, if you ask me. Human characters get barely enough screen time to introduce themselves and provide a little technical detail. Meek Mechagodzilla, telepathically controlled by Ren Sarazawa, before we're on to the next battle of the Titans. See, again, here, the thing is, the human characters are not the main characters. The main character is Kong. Kong is our MC here. He's our protagonist. This is Kong's story. But I do think the problem with the human cast is not so much time, but rather it too many characters could just cut some out. And I stated that before. I stated how I would rewrite this movie in my versus film part. And even those lack excitement. How dare you? Especially on home-based screens that will, that will still be how a lot of Canadians will see this pandemic-era blockbuster. There is plenty to be excited with this month. Like, with these battles. I mean, these battles are freaking amazing. Like, I'm running out of time, so I can't really go into death, but I'm just going to say you're wrong. Even though it's your opinion, and you have every right to it, you're wrong. Each movie in the so-called MonsterVerse has featured a different director. Uh, and he just kind of goes through the directors of the previous movies and their works. And he mentions Adam Wingard for this. But I'm going to skip that paragraph, go to the next one. In a recent interview, Wingard explained why. Happy spoiler alert. Oh, it's a happy spoiler alert. Yay! I love when the spoiler alerts are happy. There is no post credit scene in Godzilla vs. Kong. That's not happy. I'm actually pretty sad about it. I don't think that's happy. I don't think it's sad. I don't think that's a happy spoiler. Um, I guess I, I was expecting something a bit different. The monster... So, Adam Wingard, he said, The Monsterverse is at crossroads. He told the website that Central. It's really at the point where audiences have to kind of step forward and vote. For more of these things in this movie. If this movie is a success, obviously they will continue. And you know what? I do actually appreciate that there's no like post credit scenes like in this movie trying to set up a sequel. It, it does leave it open ended for a sequel to ha for sequels to happen. 
but I'm also fine with it not setting up an immediate sequel. I don't think every movie or every movie in Sam Mac Universe needs to set up the next one. I think that's the problem with a lot of these cinematic universes is that they have to set up the next one as well as make this movie. But I'm a lot I'm glad that Godzilla vs. Kong allows it to be Godzilla vs. Kong. So if you decide to go see it or rent it, remember those words. The only one who can truly defeat God, defeat both Kong and Godzilla is you. Well, that's very encouraging. I do. I'm more of a realist. All right, and I'm going to be honest. I don't think I can beat either Kong or Godzilla in a fight. It's actually pretty impossible for me to fight either of them. In fact, if I get even close to Godzilla, I'll probably die from his radiation. So, I appreciate the optimism, but. I just, I don't see that as a reality. And Godzilla vs. Kong opens March 31st. Blah, 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 blah. One star out of five. Alright, well, thank you, Chris Knight, for that review. But yeah, that's it for John vs. Critics, and that's it for this episode of John vs. Film. Uh... As always, click on the social media links to follow updates and follow some of my other projects. And yeah, I'll see you guys on the next episode, and I hope you have a very awesome day. Take care. On the next episode of John vs. Phil, we'll be swinging things off with the Raimi trilogy leading up to the release of No Way Home. Hope to see you next week!